0: Good morning. Let's get
1: straight to markets. Take a look at the impact for the indices.
0: Factual. Succinct. All you need to know before your trading day starts. Subscribe to our newsletter, CNBC's Daily Open.
1: This industry is becoming better known for a less noble innovation. The belief that you can claim credit without accepting responsibility. Companies in America, including Facebook, but not only Facebook, have gotten increasingly large. So I think that the time for oversight has arrived.
0: And when you see giant companies possessing giant amounts of data, of course, it is of concern and consideration will entrench a monopoly situation. Beyond the Valley. Hello and welcome to another episode of CNBC's Beyond the Valley. I'm Arjun Karpel in Guangzhou, China.
2: And I'm Elizabeth Schulze in London.
0: So look, as you just heard, and you might not be surprised to find out, big tech companies are getting a lot of heat right now. And they're starting to do a bit of self-reflection. We just heard there at the start of this podcast from some big tech execs there, like Apple CEO Tim Cook, Facebook co-founder Chris Hughes, who were talking about the state of big tech right now. And we also heard from one of the European Union's top politicians, Margaret Vestager, highlighting the heart of what we will be talking about today, that is user privacy and the power of big tech.
2: Arjun, this is a huge story in the global tech sector right now. Regulators and lawmakers around the world are starting to crack down on some big U.S. tech companies, especially Apple, Facebook, Google and Amazon. Some are even threatening to break them up.
0: And the reason for that is regulators are concerned with how big these companies have become, and actually the way in which they're handling user data. With momentum building against these companies in the US and other countries as well, it is notable, I think, that there's been one place already a little bit ahead of the curve on tech regulation, and that is Europe. We've seen antitrust action from the European Commission, for example, Uh, they find Google a combined $9.5 billion since 2017. And several countries in Europe have already passed a digital tax on tech giants. And there's a huge new privacy law that went into effect across the EU last May called GDPR. You may have heard of that.
2: That's right, Arjun. I've been pretty much living and breathing GDPR for the past year. It stands for the General Data Protection Regulation. And the main goal is to try to give consumers more control over their personal data. So, for example, you can now request to get all of your data from a company, that's called the right to access, or you can ask to have it all deleted.
0: When this law was coming to place, I remember one of the biggest talking points was the massive fines it could bring. Companies that break its rules can have to pay 20 million euros or 4% of global annual revenues, whichever is higher. So for a Facebook, for example, that could be more than $2 billion based on last year's revenues. Now you can see why this law seemed a little daunting to some companies. So far, though, the biggest fine we've seen was a 50 million euro fine against Google in France. Pretty much pennies for that company.
2: Now this could be about to change here. Every country in the EU has its own data protection office that's in charge of overseeing GDPR. But there's one office that's outsized in its responsibility, and that's Ireland. And that's because most big U.S. tech companies have their EU headquarters in Ireland. Probably won't come as a surprise, given the nice tax breaks that the country offers businesses.
0: So it's sort of looking like Ireland versus Silicon Valley on these big companies when it comes to things like data breaches, user privacy, and anything related to GDPR. Elizabeth, you had a chance to sit down with the head of Ireland's Data Protection Commission about her job taking on these companies.
2: That's right, Arjun. Helen Dixon took over this job in 2014, and it's definitely become a bigger task since GDPR went into effect. She sat down with me in our London studio here to talk about where Ireland stands on its current investigations and on the road ahead for tech regulation.
1: We've uh, about 20 investigations underway. Uh, they're into Google, Apple, Twitter, WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook. There's a broad swathe of companies that we're looking at. And of course, this is logical because they're the big processors in terms of the number of service users that they have. When it comes to the
2: enforcement, there has been a little bit of talk just in this first year about how there haven't been any big fines yet. What's your response to that criticism?
1: I, I think it's correct across the board uh, between the EU data protection authorities. The quantity of fines has been has been low, and there's been some talk about the quantum of the individual fines being low. And um, this isn't a surprise, I think, from the point of view of the data protection authorities. There's there's a, a process and a due process that has to be followed before we impose. Uh, big sanctions and fines on organizations that significantly affect their interests. I think for us as a data protection authority, the key focus that we have in terms of these large-scale investigations that we've opened and onto which we've deployed considerable resources is the fine will come where there are infringements. The GDPR obliges us to consider a fine when we identify the infringements. But the key thing that we want to target alongside the fine out of these investigations is a change in behavior. So we want to identify very clearly in the decisions that we make and the analysis that we produce why we say there is a gap between what's been delivered and what the GDPR requires. And we want those decisions then to be of precedential value in terms of other organizations uh, implementing on the findings. So it's not all about the fines, it's about something much more qualitative uh, alongside the fines. The fines are undoubtedly important, but they are only part of the picture.
2: And, and how do you feel
1: about this kind
2: of sentiment that it seems to be global this tech lash or this breakup tech. We hear it from Elizabeth Warren even on the campaign trail in the U.S., and we hear it from plenty of politicians here. What's your kind of reaction to that sentiment from the political world?
1: I think debate and dialogue about the whole range of issues we're now seeing with the Internet, ranging from cyberbullying, disinformation, privacy issues. I think the debate and the dialogue and the churn in the debate is positive, because I think at some point we're going to net out, and policymakers and lawmakers are going to net out what the issues are that may require hard laws implemented. So I I think we follow the, the debates and dialogue, but we also keep a focus on the legal framework under which we operate as a supervisory authority, and the particular job we have to do, which is to enforce the GDPR.
2: So, Arjun, one reason why I think it's good for our Beyond the Valley listeners to hear about Ireland's experience here is that it's clear that the U.S. and other countries are trying to take some cues from Dixon on data protection. She appeared in front of a Senate committee hearing earlier this year, and she told me she's in frequent conversations with regulators at the Federal Trade Commission in the U.S.
0: And it's not just politicians who are looking to the European model on some of these uh, tech laws, though. We're hearing it more and more from tech CEOs themselves, not least among them is Mark Zuckerberg, who's currently on a mission to try to rebrand Facebook as a privacy-focused company after a seemingly endless string of data breaches last year.
2: That's right. And Facebook is definitely facing the most scrutiny from Ireland on these data privacy issues. The commission is currently conducting 11 investigations into Facebook and to its subsidiaries WhatsApp and Instagram. They range from whether Facebook received users' consent or if it notified authorities of data breaches within a required 72-hour window. So here's where Helen Dixon told me they stand on those investigations.
1: There will certainly be some of the uh, investigations into Facebook that that will reach conclusion in the coming months. And how has Facebook worked
2: with you on this? Do you feel that they're cooperating?
1: So so all of the companies that we're investigating are cooperating in that they are engaging with us. But because this is a new law, it's a law that has a, a big stick that it's waving at companies in the form of sanctions and fines, Companies are inevitably seeking to clarify with us various aspects of the investigation process. And indeed already they're, they're querying with us aspects of how the cooperation and consistency uh, mechanism will roll out. Have
2: you personally been in touch with any of those Facebook executives as they make this kind of push to show that they're very serious about privacy and data security?
1: So I, I've, I've met with and spoken with a, a number of the senior executives uh, at Facebook. It's interesting as a data protection authority because typically uh, the senior executives we deal with frequently uh, have a focus on privacy. It may be the general counsel we're dealing with or maybe the data protection specific team, but often they're singing from the same hymn sheet in terms of uh, the principles of GDPR and and the type of embedding of those principles that they're trying to drive in their own organization. Um, So... You have to dig a little bit deeper then uh, and, and try and generate conversations about well, but what's the business model behind this new feature that you're introducing to try and out those conversations about how the real balancing of interests between the economic model the company is pursuing and the interests of, of, of individuals are being balanced. Do you believe
2: that Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg are serious about this or is there really kind of
1: some business
2: model underneath that here?
1: I, I think it's all going to remain to be seen. For us, the focus is on uh, examining complaints we receive, looking at areas of processing that we see as risk and conducting uh, specific and targeted investigations into those matters in, in a fair way. So I think we try to avoid making broad judgments on, on whether someone is sincere or serious. We think it will fall out of the facts and the analysis. Uh, that we are now conducting.
2: We have seen that users continue to use these platforms even when there are concerns and some users seem to sort of dismiss privacy in the first place. Are users taking this seriously enough?
1: I think users are taking things seriously and I think there is evidence that Cambridge Analytica was a turning point in terms of people understanding the business model around monetization of their personal data and how they can be profiled and, and micro-targeted. And what we know from the companies we supervise is that they are more and more seeing individuals seeking to exercise their rights, the right to have their data erased, the right to access a copy of their personal information, and in turn We're seeing a doubling of complaints to our office over and above the pre-GDPR period. But I think around the internet platforms, there there is that perennial problem of whether there is sufficient choice, uh, whether individuals simply act out of convenience in terms of what's there and presented to them. Uh, And so I think that's a, a nut that remains to be cracked.
2: Indeed, a nut that remains to be cracked in her words there. Facebook did not respond to our request for comment by the time of publication of this podcast. Now, we've seen that even amid all of these Facebook scandals, users are still using the platforms all of the time and advertisers are not going away. There are some in the U.S. who feel that American tech firms are being specifically targeted. And President Trump seems to be one of those people. In a recent interview on CNBC, he said Europe is using laws against tech to make a quick buck. The European Union is suing them all the time. So they're actually attacking our companies, but we should be doing what they're doing. They think there's a monopoly, but I'm not sure that they think that. They just figure this is easy money.
0: But one thing about the EU's data rules is that they aren't just there to target big U.S. tech companies. Any company that has customers in the EU is subject to GDPR's rules. One area this could get really interesting is with Chinese companies, which generally take a bit more of a looser stance toward data collection and privacy. There's a lot of apps that aren't encrypted, meaning your messages could be seen by hackers and the company that runs the service. Also, there is censorship that takes
2: place. Did
0: you get a chance to speak to Helen Dixon about that?
2: I did, and it's not on the top of the agenda right now, but Helen Dixon said they are ready to take on Chinese tech giants If cases arise, take a listen.
1: So one of the features of the GDPR is that it has extraterritorial effect. So where Chinese companies currently operating are targeting services at EU users, then they do come within the ambit uh, of of the GDPR and our supervision. So we are ready. We're ready to receive complaints from individuals that assert that, that their rights have been infringed. Uh, when they engage with any of these these companies from China or elsewhere, so I think we're ready and 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 we have to be. This isn't simply a law that uh, applies to US companies operating in the EU. It applies to any company that is targeting services at, at EU users and processing uh, the personal data of EU persons. And the commissioner, you used to work in
2: IT for a while in your in your earlier in your career. You've certainly become sort of the face of many of the data issues here in Europe. You know, how do you balance an understanding of the tech world versus being the one who has to take them on? And and what kind of keeps you up at night, I guess, would be the way to ask
1: that. We uh, keep an open dialogue with technology companies. It's very important for us to have foresight of, of what types of new products and services that we're looking at. Uh, and, and so I try and keep abreast of, of, of what's happening in the tech sector, which is critically important. I also like to read widely around the subject and follow some of the academics in the space, like the Israeli historian Noah Yuval Harari is very interesting in terms of of where technology might be moving us uh, as a society to. So he would certainly keep me up at night in terms of, of some of his Uh, predictions and premonitions of where Homo sapiens are going in the very near future. He talks about that class of useless human beings that we may generate if we don't pay close attention uh, to where technology is moving us towards
2: sort of a dark way to end the interview there, Arjun, but I guess these are the things that data regulars need to be thinking about.
0: There's definitely a lot of focus right now on the impact of tech on our society. Think about how it's depicted in popular shows like Black Mirror. I actually reported recently about how the Chinese government is using technology, uh, technologies like facial recognition, for example, on a broad scale to create a surveillance state But you've also seen people more cognizant of the impact of tech. There's been people talking about digital detoxing, trying to give themselves a break from the technology that they use. I mean, I try not to check my phone as often um, as I used to and and when I can. And certainly since some of the data scandals with Facebook, I've used a service less and also have been a lot more aware of how my data is being processed and used. Elizabeth, has your behavior changed at all?
2: I've definitely been spending less time on Facebook since a lot of these breaches came out. But to be honest, I still use Instagram and WhatsApp all the time. I have started using the screen time apps on my iPhone, which is actually a little bit depressing because you can see how much time you spend on these platforms every week. And it's a lot. Look,
0: Elizabeth, really great interview. It looks like we're going to be hearing a lot more from Helen Dixon over the uh, next few months as some of these investigations conclude. So stay tuned for those. Let us know what you think about these issues with big tech right now. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Arjun Karpal.
2: And I'm Schulze 9 Don't forget to subscribe to our Beyond the Valley newsletter, where you can get daily updates on the biggest tech stories outside of Silicon Valley straight into your inbox. We'll catch you next time. Beyond the Valley.